It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome back into the Lions 24 7 podcast. I am Tyler Donahue. We've had a lot of fun. During our latest episodes, looking ahead to the newest Nittany Lions on this 2023 Penn State football roster, we had London Montgomery incoming rack on last Thursday. This Tuesday, KV on Keys, uh, linebacker making the move from Virginia. And we head a bit further south this time around on our Thursday episode uh, this week. And Kari Nelson joins us all the way from Alabama as he prepares for high school graduation on Friday and then enrollment at Penn State in the coming days. Dakari, it is a really jam-packed week for you, so thanks for giving us some time here on the podcast. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so, hey, I, I didn't even realize that, you know, only are you packing up for this trip to, to campus and, and getting ready for it. You're also celebrating the, the culmination of a, a strong athletic career, a student career uh, at, at Selma High School in Alabama. Can you tell us a little bit about what graduation on Friday will mean to you and what you have planned? Uh, graduation will be a, a huge, a huge accomplishment for me. With me, it will be with me with everything we've been through the COVID years, the 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 everything, the the AP classes from the hard, the late night staying up doing schoolwork, the early, early morning getting up for school. With graduation gone, it's gonna be like a huge relief. And, and you don't have much time to kind of bask in that moment because you're going to pack up and, and, and make your move to Penn State. Is, that, is it going to be a long car ride? Are you getting on a plane? And, and if you're getting on a plane, how difficult is it to pack up for college uh, if you're restricted to, to just travel through the air? Uh, that's why I got um, to gotta take that car ride one more time. Yeah, are. Okay. <laughs> that car ride one more, one more time. So that's about 900 miles. I double-checked on that before we came on here. How long is that trip? I did You split it up into a couple of days, and who does the bulk of that driving? Uh, we just one long road trip, 14 hours. Okay. Um, and who's making the journey up from Selma with you? Uh, it's going to be me, my mom, my dad, and my three younger sisters. And my my older brother, Mike, on with us since he's back from college right now. Well, obviously, you had options closer to home. You, you knew when you committed and signed with Penn State, it was going to be a change of scenery. It was going to take you away from maybe your comfort zone, close family. Uh, how are you feeling about that aspect of it, the long-distance college aspect, now that you're right up to it? Uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited, ready to get around a new environment, meet new people. Uh, of course, everything's up north is different from down south, so I'm ready to see – and learn new things. That was one of the main reasons. Uh, I don't have. And I'm a sure you're gonna, you're gonna have a 
You're going to have a chance for that right away. I mean, the weather's getting beautiful here, uh, but but we've got a real winter waiting for you uh, come come November, <laughs> December, January and all that. Uh, what stood out to you, I guess, uh, about Happy Valley when you got here to campus? Before we look ahead to, to what's awaiting you as a defensive back with the Nittany Lions, what kind of won you over as you look back at that recruitment process and, and, and prepare to finally you know make that move from recruit to freshman? Uh, definitely the um, the way the the amount of love I was shown the most of the time that I came on um, the first time I drove the my official and even with me coming in the spring the amount of love I got each time I came was like outrageous so that that really sold me that and how the fam the family vibes so like everyone around there close you um er everywhere you go you all gonna hear laughing see smiles. And how humble and outgoing Coach Franklin is, that sold me also. Because both times I went up there, he was the first person. He was the first person to make sure I got there straight. Make sure every every time he saw me, he made sure everything was okay. I was okay if I needed anything. So that sold me. Was that a little different than what you encountered on some of the other campuses? You're one of the top safeties in the country in the 2023 class. You had a chance to go to a lot of different schools and meet a lot of different coaches. Did you find that the involvement of the head coach here at Penn State with James Franklin was just at a different level? It's just like everything Coach Franklin told me felt genuine. And like you can tell the vibe between something being like said before and something that's just being said the first time. So like everything he said sound like it was genuine. He was enthusi enthusiastic about it. And like everything we talked about wasn't just recruiting or recruitment. Like, but when I have talks with other head coaches, it would be more about recruitment or recruiting or like how I like the school or how I like campus. But with Coach Franklin, we talked about literally everything else. And we, of course we had talks about how I like Penn State, how I like State College. But 95% of our talks were about just life, like things going on, things around house, school, and like just conversations. And it's, everything was like, it was genuine. So I really like that. Um, did you surprise a lot of people when you picked Penn State and stuck with Penn State and got to the finish line uh, and signed with the team? Uh, because th there's a lot of commitments that pop up to the South uh, with schools in the Big Ten, including Penn State, and they don't always make it all the way. Um, did you surprise some people in, in your area that you actually followed through and made this decision? I surprised a lot of people, like a lot. <laughs> Everybody thought I was going to end up flipping somewhere closer. I'm like, nah, but I surprised a lot of people, not just people in my community, like other school, other coaching staff, other colleges. Everybody was surprised that I was going that I stuck it all the way out. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but Selma and area leans Auburn, correct? I mean, we're talking Auburn fans. Yeah, and Auburn. Penn State, of course, of all the years uh, during your recruitment, Penn State's visits Auburn for a game. You're there. Um, what was that like? That setting on that Saturday, obviously with a convinced victory for the Nittany Lions, but Auburn trying to recruit you. There's probably people in your, in your home community trying to convince you to stick with the Tigers. And then you're there watching the team you're committed to take it to them uh, on the road. That was an insane, insane turn of event because it was crazy. That Friday, Coach Franklin came to my game. So I was excited about that. And, like, the play after, like, right after they helicopter left the game, 
I had a 95 yard pick six. So that happened. Wow. Then everybody else, everybody excited for me. Everybody like, yeah. So then that Saturday came. Of course, I'm coming in under well, Auburn still recruiting me. I'm coming in as an Auburn Auburn recruit. So like I'm recruiting for Penn I'm low-key trying to recruit for Penn State inside of the Auburn recruit facility and stuff like that. So I'm out there sitting, sitting with the other recruits around fans. Every time Penn State did something, I was about to jump out of my seat or yell. <laughs> and everybody looking at me. I had to look around to make sure nobody watching me. I'm like, man, this is crazy. It felt like it felt like I was, I was a spy inside another country's presidential office. Like it was like, it was like I couldn't do nothing wrong. Well, that was uh, that, that's an awkward situation, a unique situation. I don't know what you want to call it, but it's one that that not a lot of recruits are ever going to experience. You did uh, now that you're wearing this Penn State uniform, and that recruitment is going to be behind you. Uh, what have you worked on in, in several months as you prepared for this opportunity? I know you want to hit the ground running on campus. You've got a couple months here before practice start for preseason camp. But what's been on your to do list, and what do you think you've been able to get done? Uh, since I, since I've signed, I've been working on, like, of course we've been, I've been, like, I've been working on my, my speed, my, my, like, yeah, mainly my speed and getting, like, I won't say cutting up, like, cause I'm almost at the size that they want me to be at. I haven't been trying to get no bigger. I'm just trying to get toned and I've been working on my speed. So that's the main two things I've been working on. So they announced you and, and they being Penn State on signing day, six foot three, two hundred pounds. Uh, is are you still in that frame? Or have you have you changed a little bit? I changed. Right now, I'm sitting almost at like six four, like two oh six. That was my measurements last last time I went up there for the spring. I was at six four, two oh six. Wow. Wow. So so six four, two oh six, and you're talking about trying to to make sure that you've stabilized that speed as your body is continuing to grow and you want to increase that speed. What's the most recent 40-yard dash you're running at this kind of size, if you have one? Uh, I won't say 40, but I just got done with track, and I ran a 100. So, what was your best that, time there? I ran a 10-9-1. A okay. okay. Um, and, and obviously, people are talking about that blend of speed, that length. We saw it on the field last year. Steve Wolfong, recruiting director here at Twenty Four Seven Sports, feels like you're one of the more under, one of the more impressive pickups across the Big Ten in terms of Penn State and grabbing you. How do you kind of evaluate yourself as a safety prospect? Because we've heard it from a lot of other people. What do you think about your abilities at that position with this size and with that speed you just referenced? Uh, I'm a very, I'm a very physical, physical safety, versatile. Um, and I, I guess you could say, like, slept on. Because, like, with me being how big I am, most folks try to, like, for example, I went to the All-Star game. They tried to target me. They thought I wasn't going to be able to move as a safety. It, like, it, everyone thought I was going to end up growing into a linebacker. But I, I had that made up in my head. I wasn't going to do that. I was going to stick to speed, 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 speed. So I'm very – slept on most people think i'm not gonna be able to run with receivers not gonna be able to um, move as quickly as receivers small receivers so i would say i'm very vers first off versatile physical i'm very um what's the word vocal i'm a very vocal player too 
you mentioned the all-star game. We heard some great things about your performance down there, the Alabama-Mississippi all-star game. We had a lot of guys covering that for 24-7 sports. Uh, the way you played at the defense, at safety, I think you showed a lot of people that you're, you're built to last at that spot. And look, we talked about it during your recruitment when we talked when we saw the physical measurements and you try to project guys in the next three, four years of their career. You know, linebacker was a part of the discussion. But of course, when we talked to the Penn State staff about that, they said it's safety all the way with Dakari Nelson. Was that was that ever any kind of part of, of your I, I get back and forth with the Nittany Lions staff about I'm a safety all the way or or was there a little bit of gray area that you had to work through? Nah, I just say I've always been straight safety talk with Penn State with the coaching staff here because you know they they we stay with a stacked linebacker room, so mm. they. It was straight line. It was straight safety talk because, like I said, everyone projected me to grow into a linebacker. Like even like getting recruited by other schools, everyone like, hey, we want you to play outside linebackers, nickel safety. But like with with the coaching staff at Penn State, we were just straight straight safety talk. Now, what has the Corey Nelson done at defensive back in that secondary? Seven interceptions last season. He had 15 interceptions as an upper class. He returned four of those for a touchdown, as you just said. Uh, did one of those as the, as the frame shop was in the air right by uh, Selma. Uh, what makes you that kind of a ball hawk playmaker? Because those are big numbers. And I'd imagine a lot of the teams you were facing against knew that there was a power five defender they wanted to try to avoid. 15 interceptions in a two-year span, taking four of them back to the end zone. That is tremendous production. Uh, like I said, first off, they would try to try me because no one would – like if you came to one of my games and seen me, you would thought I played linebacker. Like I'm bigger than everybody on the field. So <laughs> they, they thought that I, I guess they thought I wasn't going to be able to move with the receivers. So like they would try to take a shot. And every time I made, they took a shot, I made them pay. Because like I like you said, with me, with me being known – a lot of teams didn't, didn't try to throw at me or they tr they didn't try to throw at all. So, like, every time the ball was in the air, I made it my my business for that ball to be end up in my hands to make my money. So, every time a team tried to throw the ball, I was near the ball. Well, there's already a lot of excitement about the safety position at Penn State and, and what's cooking there currently and what was accomplished during spring ball. Now, this weekend, you enter the equation. King Mac shows up on campus. He's a big-time safety prospect in South Florida. Uh, what has the dialogue been like between you and Coach Poindexter and getting ready to enter this highly competitive room? Uh, mainly coming in and working, like you said. No spot is secured. So, like, if I just – if if anyone comes in and works and, like, is willing to learn and, like, if you know your stuff, know the playbook, know the cause, coach is going to play you. So, my my plan, the plan for me is to come in, just work, learn, learn, learn all some, keep learning, learn some more. Of course, with the two guys who got starting at that position now or that's getting majority of the reps now, try to learn from them, learn from past safeties. So that's the plan for me right now. And, of course, get on the field and play this this fall. We saw a bunch of, of freshmen involved last year, burning red shirts, playing big roles in September, and, and all the way through into the Rose Bowl. What are your personal goals for on-field involved here and you want to, on a college campus? Uh, my personal goals, of course, I want to be a true freshman, make – um. First team will try to be an All-American, make for um, Big Ten. 
of course, I want to first go at least to get, I want to say, three, three, three at the minimum, three interceptions at the minimum this season. So I set high expectations for myself, and I'm willing to work to achieve those expectations. Those are high expectations, and 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 you won't have a chance to put on those pads until August. But what do you hope to show your new teammates, show your new coaching staff when those pads come on, when the action goes live, and you really have the first chance to show what you're made of as a Penn State football player during that preseason camp? Uh, I'm trying to show them how how versatile I am, how vocal, how like me being this big, how how physical I am, because like I said, I'm a big safety. I'm, I'm like when the receiver come to block me, I want the receiver to think twice about coming to block me. So I, I plan on showing how physical, how quick, and how vocal I can be on the field, how smart I play, and of course, how how um what's the word? How athletic I am. Make make a lot of big time plays. Anthony Poindexter was a long safety. He was an All American safety at Virginia. Went on to the NFL. What does it mean to you to be able to to not just play for a coach who experienced the position, but he's got a similar skill set? I think you can kind of derive a little bit. Uh, it means a lot. Like like what you just said with him being my size, how, how he was a long big safety in college. Uh, I can learn a lot from him because he went to play on to the next level. One of the one of the greats at that position. So I was like, I'm gonna be able to learn a lot. Then with him putting. Um, two safeties in the NFL this past season. One of them being close to my measurements and size. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to learning a lot from him. So that that's mainly what I'm looking forward to. And then Kari, away from football, what what would you like to to be able to into, get involved with here at Penn State? Do you have academic goals in mind? Any specific off the field kind of stuff you're excited to check out? Uh, of course, number one, get that degree. That's that's the main goal off the field. But I have I don't really have too many crazy off the field off the field goals because I'm more of a out of out of mind, out of sight type person. You're not gonna see me out too much. So. Um and speaking of that, do you know what your roommate situation looks like when you're getting to campus and, and who you'll be spending that kind of time with? Uh it's gonna be me, King Matt, Kavion Keys, and Jamil Lyons. That's, that's quite a group. I know Jamil's getting to campus uh, a little bit later here in the summer, but uh, we heard from KV on last week. A lot of talent in one area and uh, quite the freshman class you've got coming. I just want to pass the mic over to you. What's your message over to Penn State fans who are listening? Maybe hearing from you for the first time. Maybe just starting to wrap their heads around what this 2023 freshman class is. What are you, what are this group going to accomplish and bring to Penn State football here in the coming years? Uh, with, with the great season we had last year, this this. This year's 2023 class, we're looking to bring a, a, a Big Ten, first off Big Ten championship back to State College. And, and after that, the next goal is going to be a uh, national championship. Uh, with us being being how good, having a great season like we did last year, we're looking to come in and build on top of that. Dakari, really appreciate it. you really busy week ahead of you. Uh, enjoy graduation. Enjoy that process. And best of luck with the with the road trip. And maybe you can get on some, some planes back and forth uh, now that you're settled in on campus. Yes, sir. We'll be right back on the Lions 24-7 podcast. Uh, great stuff from Dakari Nelson, one of the premier safety prospects in the 2023 recruiting class, number 10 on the list in 24-7 sports uh, overall national assessment. 
pairing up with King Mac. It's quite the incoming group at the safety spot. And to talk about some of these moments and a bit more on the recruiting trail, we now turn to Tyler Calvaruso, our recruiting insider at lines247.com. Tyler, how you doing? Doing well, man. Glad to be back on with you. Yeah, it's been a, it's been kind of one guy after the other from this 2023. Now going to be Nittany Lions freshman. You know, you followed Kavion Keys onto the show Tuesday, and now we are following Dakari Nelson. And I thought it would be a good time for us to kind of set the stage for Enrollees Company Campus getting underway with classes on Monday. I know Dakari is probably a good place to start in terms of intrigue. Six foot four, two hundred six pounds. He tells us safety all the way. I mean, it's hard not to let your imagine run wild. Uh, when you're talking about aspects like this. I'm sure Manny Diaz has let his imagination run wild with him when, as we speak right now. I mean, there are just so many ways Penn State is going to be able to use Dakari Nelson, given his versatility and given his skill set and given his athleticism. I mean, he, he showcased ball skills as a safety throughout his high school career. I mean, you brought up a good point with him. The amount of interceptions that he was able to haul in, despite being a bona fide power five prospect, I mean, it just speaks to the play that he, the plays that he's able to make when the ball's in the air, you know, you could drop him down to closer to the line of scrimmage as a, you know, a box safety. There's just so many ways Manny Diaz and Anthony point there to be able to take advantage of Nelson's strengths. And that definitely makes him one of the more intriguing prospects in this class. I would say, I mean, me and you have talked about him as, you know, potentially a guy who could be a Sam one day, if he grows into that role, Penn state likes him as that bigger safety, you know, they love the coverage skills there. They love the ability to play in space. So it's just when it comes down to this 2023 recruiting class and the upside of some of these guys, I think Nelson's right up there at the top of the class. And you just have to be excited about that duo. And they're very different prospects, but both highly rated in their own regard with King Mac coming up from St. Thomas Aquinas in South Florida, a powerhouse program. He's a guy who got it done in all three phases of the game. He was an absolute tear on special teams, a guy who would get after kicks and block them, a guy who would return kicks and punts, and, of course, a, a, a top safety product with elite-level speed, state champion sprinter. I mean, it, it, you're talking about an exciting package, an exciting package, and you're adding them to a room that, as we've discussed on this podcast at length, it currently already is a four or five deep situation. I mean, have fun, Anthony Poindexter. Yeah. No, and it's like it's like little package and big package because you know King King Max a little bit on the smaller side of things, but when you watch his tape, he plays bigger. I mean, his athleticism shines through on film. His speed, his ability as a one high cover guy. I mean, he does it all. And Dakari does a lot of the same things in terms of having a do-it-all skill set, just in a different manner, given the size that he has compared to King Mac. So there's a lot of excitement regarding this safety duo. And, you know, Lamont Payne's another guy, too, who could potentially wind up on the back end of the secondary one day, depending on how his development plays out and where the Penn State staff feels it can maximize his potential. So this is an overall great defensive back haul in 2023. We've talked about the corners a lot. Now we're getting around to the safeties. But I just really think the potential of each of those guys, it's something that uh, should have Penn State fans excited heading into the next season. Yeah, KJ Winston burned red last year as a true freshman. Now he's one of those four safeties we're focused in on near the top of that depth chart. Um, beyond those guys, you got Tyrese Mills in year two out of Lackawanna College. He's settled in at safety after spending some time at linebacker and suffering an injury last year. And then Makai Flower, who was a pretty highly regarded in-state prospect in the 2022 cycle, took a red shirt last year, saw some limited game action. He's trying to work his way up. And now you've got King Mack 
Dakari Nelson entering the equation. Over on offense, in terms of what they've got in main enrollments, we, we covered this with London Montgomery last week with his appearance on the podcast. He's one of two incoming freshmen, along with Cam Wallace. Trey Potts is coming on board at running back as well. Um, three scholarship running backs added to a room that's only featured two scholarship running backs to this point in the year. But I wanted to go over at tight end and Andrew Rappelier, because this is a guy that, as much as we've discussed, a large tight end class in the January enrollments of Joey Schlafer uh, and, and Mega Barnwell, this is the tight end we've been waiting to see get to campus and really take his shot at an opportunity. Six foot five, 230 plus pounds. This is a guy last summer was weighing less than 220 pounds. He's done a lot in taking advantage of some opportunities to, to put himself in a good spot physically getting to campus. And you know, the comparisons to Pat Fryer, I don't think that are that far off. I got here in May uh, back in 2018, and by the end of September, he was a starting tight end for this team. He did not have the veteran presence that the guys like Tyler Warren and Theo Johnson, but you know, this could be a very serious competition uh, being created for guys like Khalil Dinkins, Jerry Cross, and, of course, those other freshmen. I feel like Andrew Rapier is in a position with a strong preseason camp to turn some heads and maybe get that spotlight where he's elbowing out some of the more, uh, I guess, seasoned, experienced members of this room, uh, even though, you know, Dinkins doesn't have a ton of game action and cross missed his year one with an injury. Yeah, he's definitely going to add some competition to the room. It might not be competition for the top spot per se. I mean, Theo Johnson and Ty Warren, those two are pretty locked in atop the depth chart, it seems. You know, granted, it's, it's something that we always touch on. It doesn't matter if you're an incoming freshman or you have all the experience in the world. If you go out there on the practice field and show a lot of good things and show you could play, you're going to get the chance to play on Saturdays. It's just That's just the way the Penn State staff rolls. So while those two are where they are in the depth chart, Rapalia definitely has a chance to challenge for some snaps. And, yeah, I mean, the comparisons, they're, they're pretty spot on, really. He's put in a lot of work in the weight room this offseason. He's really, you know, his athletic profile was always a good, always a good one and his strength. Throughout his recruitment, I would say now it's even better because he's added more muscle mass and he still maintained the athleticism and speed that propelled him to become a top 24-7 recruit and one the Penn State staff is really excited to get in town. So him getting to campus, you know, in May as opposed to June, I think that matters. I think the extra – I think for him, the extra month in the weight room, given the progress that he's already made on his own, you get him around Chuck Losey for May as opposed to just June and, you know, maybe even possibly late June if that was his situation – but it's not. I, th I think that's going to pay dividends for him. I think it's going to help him, you know, just to be around the guys and get acclimated early. And we're talking about a player who could potentially burn his red shirt in year one. I, I think that's definitely in the card for Rapalia. You know, it, barring injuries, I'm not sure he's all that much of a factor come Big Ten play. You know, it would take a lot for him to work his way into that conversation. Usurp. Johnson and Warren, but at the end of the day, you know, we could see a lot of him during non-conference play, maybe even in conference play as well, depending on how things shake out, depending on the progress he makes, and just really depending on how the depth chart falls. So you're going to see another tight end to that room. There's seven scholarship tight ends on this roster after you lose Brenton Strange as the second round pick to the NFL draft. You're going to see three running backs join this group, including a veteran presence with Trey Potts. But the big fish coming in, I, I would say, generally, and speaking on offense, is Dante Smith. He's probably the name that a lot of people circled back in January when reviewing the roster additions on who's going to potentially make that biggest instant impact 
in game one against West Virginia. And you look to the guy who had more than 2,000 receiving yards the last couple of seasons, all-conference performer at Kent State, one of the more coveted receiver uh, prospects to enter the transfer portal this past winter. Of course, committed to Penn State in January, the same day that they undergo a, a change at the position uh, and let go Taylor Stubblefield. Higgins comes on board. Malik McNeil comes on board as a Florida State transfer pickup in January. And yet here we are. A lot has evolved in the receiver room, but you're waiting to see what Dante Stephens does, how he affects it, how he gets involved with these offseason work that we know Drew Aller and the rest of this uh, passing attack are going to be doing away from team facilities, away from that 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 you know coach-supervised structure uh, as much as they possibly can. Um, and I'll throw it to you here. Dante Cephas or the field in terms of May, who, who do you like to make uh, the, 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 the storyline kind of impact guy early in September? Are you taking Cephas or are you taking somebody else from the rest of this May group? I'm taking Cephas. I've been saying. Yeah, I, think, I mean. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we've been saying since for how many months now? I mean, since when did he commit? February, January? January. It's been yeah. so long now that me and you have been talking about the fact that he has probably the best chance of anyone on this Penn State roster become wide receiver one and become Drew Aller's favorite target by the end of the season. And that's not a knock to any current member of the Penn State wide receiver room. It's obviously a very talented group, and the staff has high expectations for that group. But, I mean, you just look at Cephas's production at Kent State, and you look at his versatility as a route runner and as a speed guy and his ability to win routes in multiple ways and get over the top and add some deep threat to an offense. I think that by the end of the year, Drew Aller is going to be looking his way a lot. And again, you get him with a quarterback like that, who has such a high ceiling as a veteran wideout, it helps Drew Aller a lot because while Cephas is going to be new to the offense and, you know, he's going to have to pick up on some things. He's been around the block. He knows what it takes to succeed at this level. And he's gotten the job done for Kent state against some high profile non-conference competition. It's not like he was just lighting up the Mac and that was it. He's done it against some pretty good teams as well. So I think there's less of a question when it comes to his ability to translate his mid, you know, group of five production to the power five level as some other transfer wide receivers. I think, I think Steve has shown enough to have reason for optimism in that regard. And I, of all the guys, man, it's gotta be him. I've been saying it for a while. I'm not going to back off on it now. It's gotta be Dante Cephas. Of course, Keandre Lambert-Smith working in stuff about a lot. What it looked like with him in the this year, and Harrison was establishing himself in year three as a guy in the perimeter. Cephas, one who does, if it does work out, pushing out Penn State has been hoping it will since they started pursuing him back in the winter. Then he shows up here and at the very least alleviates some of the pressure on Omari Evans to to be your end all be all number three option at wide receiver, which is kind of what it was feeling like toward the end of spring ball. Now they got a longer look at him as as that third piece in in the first team lineup. He certainly cashed in on it uh, when, when they wrapped up spring ball with the blue white game. So Omari Evans got to be feeling good about himself. I know he is going into the summer. But there's a lot of unknown quantities here, whether you're talking about guys on the outside or in the slot. And with Dante Cephas, that's what you hope you can cross off as the unknown. Now, what I like about this is, Tyler, he is coming to share a campus and he's going to be sharing day-to-day activities with one of the most impressive defensive backfields in college football. So if he wants that work and, and he wants to get yeah. that look at what it's going to be like going up against uh, the, the 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 premier power five D back. He'll get it versus, in a hurry. You no, know, 
yeah, yeah, versus the Max of the world. It'll be right there waiting for him. And, of course, he's got some new quarterbacks that want to throw him the football. He's got some new guys to get on the same page with. And let's all face it, we've heard this from players. They don't wait till they get to campus to get on the same page from the game plan playbooks perspective. Yeah. There's a lot of Zoom calls that have been occurring behind the scenes. There's a lot of engagement that is happening. And if a player is willing to accept that accountability and accept their responsibility, the staff has proven year after year they'll lay out a plan for you. And they'll lay out a blueprint for you to step foot on campus, whether it's January or May or June, at your peak capacity and ready to to really get involved there. Uh, but no, you never actually take advantage of that and show up ready to roll. So we got some stuff to learn about this group. We'll talk about them in the future. Uh, a few more players still to come in June. Uh, Carmelo, wide receiver, defensive, and uh, Jamil Lyons from Philadelphia making the move. Chim uh, Ono, who was a late pickup, a top 24-7 offensive line. He'll be coming in June. So uh, still a ways to go as we see the roster come together. But this is really a, a big bulk getting to campus this weekend. We've had coverage of it in recent days at Lions247.com. Uh, we'll continue to do that in the days ahead. Another name to note, Ty- Tyreek Blanding also confirmed he's coming in this weekend as a defensive tackle. So a lot happening be, uh, right now that, that you won't see on the field uh, coverage of until August. But these are the kind of moves that, that make the difference uh, as you build out this roster. And just a reminder, Hunter Norzad, Abdul Carter, uh, among those. Chop Robinson, who got to campus in May or later of 2022. Tyler, let's switch gears a little bit and, and go in back into the uh, basketball sector here because they got another big-time transfer pickup. And um, I don't know how big-time it is. I don't want to overplay it here, but they everything seems big-time for them when they're building the roster because of what happened over the last couple of months with the coaching change and being down about two or three scholarship guys at one point. Tell us a little bit more about this latest edition, a high scoring player, but he's got a big jump to make. Yeah, Raekwon is Mitchell from UMKC. He was their leading scorer this past season. It was a career year for him, 17.3 points per game. And look, it's definitely a jump. You know, this is going to be his fourth Division I school, fifth total. He spent the year at the junior college ranks, started his career at Idaho. He was an unranked recruit coming out of high school, does a year at JUCO, goes to Illinois, Chicago was a pretty effective player for them, but wound up taking a medical red shirt, transfers to UMKC, and has the year that he had in 2022-23. So he's a volume scorer. That's what he's been billed as. He was pitched pretty much the same role as Noah Thomason, who wound up at Georgia. You know, Penn State's been looking for an off-ball guard, a guy who could get to the rim, draw a foul, you know, shoot a little bit from the perimeter. That's what Mitchell is. I would like to see him. I think the big thing with him when it comes to translating at a high major level and playing in the Big Ten. I think he's going to have to clean up his shot selection a little bit. I think that UMKC relied on him so much to score. He was given the green light on a lot of shots, and you know some of those shots weren't good shots, to be completely honest with you. But I think coming to Penn State, he understands his role, and he's got, he understands playing with him, the flow of the offense. But he's showcased some scoring ability. That's what this team needs heading into next season. You got three more spots available now. Mitchell fills a void because, you know, Ace Baldwin, Kanye Clary, Nick Kern, guys who could definitely play on the perimeter and give you a lot. Mitchell adds a little bit different of an element given his scoring ability. So it's a quality get. You know, the jury is out when it comes to how high impact of a get it'll be. Mitchell only has one year in Happy Valley. He's only got one year of eligibility remaining. So time is short on him to make an impact, but that's what the Penn State staff is looking for him to do. 
So that's seven pickups uh, for the Mike Rhodes era so far, all of them coming via the transfer portal. You heard from Tyler Caparuso last episode. Some things happened. There's been some attempts, certainly, uh, with the 2024 high school recruiting class. But to this point, uh, no true freshman on scholarship uh, for Penn State to talk about thus far on the 2023-2024 roster. Uh, Tyler, let's get into it with uh, some football recruiting before we let you get out of here. And we spent some time focused at linebacker last episode, the names that are developing there. We talked about wide receiver as well. This time we're going to land on the defensive line. Like wide receiver, it's a new first-year uh, uh, Penn State position coach. Unlike that situation, you've got uh, that coach being involved with these recruitments going back a couple of years as Deion Barnes has been with this staff, working in tandem with John Scott uh, as a coach and, and, and as a recruiter at times as well. So can you kind of give us the general assessment on where things currently stand, and then we'll work our way toward the names to know moving forward. You know, Barnes, him being around and being part of the staff for an extended period of time now, you know, building that 2024 board with John Scott, it's a big reason why Penn State is still in it with a lot of its top targets on the defensive line when it comes to whether it's an interior defensive lineman or an edge rusher. Penn State has stayed at the top for a lot of the guys it was in heavy with with John Scott. So Barnes, has he? I'd say he's acclimated to his new on-field position pretty well. You know, it's tough, and we, we talked about it when he first took over. It's tough when you take over in the middle of a cycle and visits are coming and, you know, official visits season is nearing, and you need to build a relationship with these guys on the fly. While Barnes is familiar with playing these guys, he has had to build more of a relationship with them because he was more in a secondary role. Now he's in a primary role, and earning the trust of these guys is it's important. That goes without saying. And that's something that he's been able to do. And, you know, the defensive line board, it's in a pretty good spot for Penn State right now. They've got a lot of intriguing names that they're heavily involved with. And I should say that the cupboard may not be empty because we've talked about it before with Clay Brewer, uh, Caleb Brewer, um, an in-state prospect who committed the blue-white game, being a, a two-way kind of lineman prospect, kind of the fluidity right now. You don't quite count him in on, uh, with that offensive line class. We don't quite count him in defensive line class right now, labeled an athlete in the group right now. Um, so with that in mind, let's start inside you, know, you always want to find the next big time 300 pound can move defensive tackle. Those are hard to come by. We've got the, some far reaching recruitments going on right now, well beyond the region when it comes to the defensive line. Who are the realistic options when we're talking interior right now? Yeah, Penn State's all over the map when it comes to recruiting guys on the interior. You got to start with the five star down in Florida, Maryland, native Ernest Willor. You know, Penn State has put itself in a pretty good spot for him. The thing with him is he hasn't been able to make a lot of visits, you know, being down at IMG Academy. So, his his schedule is, you know, in when it comes to where he's going to officially visit and where a lot of schools stand with him, it's kind of in the uh, to-be-determined category. But Penn State is one of those schools that has put itself in a good spot early. You know, there's going to be more coming on his recruitment as the calendar, you know, it's a little bit closer to June because he's going to get now and he's going to be making official visits and maybe starting to narrow things down. Then we move on to Texas with Nigel Smith. You know, Penn State recently made – the top eight with him. He's going to be on campus for an official visit in June. He recently got his official visit schedule locked in. And Penn State has done a pretty good job with Smith. He's been, we talked about it a little bit on the last episode. Um, he's uh, he's given the Nittany Lions a long look. I think that what Penn State has worked in, in its favor with Smith is the values of the coaching staff and of the program with James Franklin at the helm. It kind of aligns with who Smith is 
as a person and what he's looking for, you know, outside of football and even inside of football, just in, in terms of personal relationships. I think that the ideals that Smith has, it lines up with what Penn State is trying to accomplish. And that's pretty important, I would say, in Penn State's ability to stay in this race. I still think Oklahoma has the inside track at him. I think the relationships there are really, really strong. Not to say they aren't at Penn State. They definitely are. But Oklahoma has been on him for a really long time. The crystal ball reads in Oklahoma's favor. I agree with that at this point. But he's going to go through his official visits late. He's going to go beyond June. He's looking to get to Texas for an official in the fall. So he's going to be taking advantage of that new rule. But Penn State, they're pretty heavily involved with him. And then a little bit closer to campus is Benedict Ume from Avon Old Farms in Connecticut. He's going to be on campus for his official visit in June. You know, I got him on campus for the first time for the blue-white game. Things went really, really well. It helps that Avon Old Farms is a program, you know, that has been kind to Penn State in recent years in terms of relationships there. So that's always a plus for the Nittany Lions. Ume, really, he's really focused on academics, you know, outside of football. He's got a pretty big emphasis on that. So it's an interesting recruitment. Academics are definitely a factor. Michigan's involved. There have been whispers that he wants to be a little bit closer to home as a Canada native. Penn State gives him the opportunity to do that. And I think the staff has – the arrow is pointing upwards with him right now. And another New England native who the arrow is pointing upwards with is Liam Andrews. You know, mm-hmm. We talked about him a lot as an offensive line target, but it's looking more and more like defensive line is his home at the next level. And Penn State has been recruiting him as such. And it is kind of – I don't want to say surged ahead because you know there have been times where Penn State has been at the top of Andrews' list, maybe to tail off a little bit as he got off, got out to check out in other schools. But now that he made it back to campus recently for, you know, during the spring, it seems like Penn State has reclaimed that top spot. And if it's not at the top right now, it's pretty, pretty close. So Penn State heading in the right direction with a lot of its top interior defensive line targets. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned, some tucked away in New England, which has been, you know, very kind to Penn State on the recruiting trail overall in recent cycles. And then you've got uh, some bigger fish that are, are well beyond your 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 pond here uh, up up near Penn State territory, where if you could reel one of those guys in, we're talking a class altering kind of pickup. And Tyler, when we look at the edge and, and I know this is an area that, it, you know, it depends on who you're talking about. It might be viewed as a linebacker, it might be the defense. It's the nature of the position. There's that versatility to yeah. it. But we talk about those guys who could land on the perimeter of this defensive line, wreak some havoc. Who stands out in this right now? Took them a while. To, to pick up and, and address that position in the 2023 cycle, of course, McCoye, Robinson were late additions. Who are you kind of feeling out at this stage of the cycle? And the two standing out are Jalen Harvey and Malachi Williams. Uh, Harvey, crystal ball is red in favor of Penn State for a really long time now. I, I think the writing is kind of on the wall with him, to be honest. I think he's going to be back on campus for that official visit in June. I think that's kind of going to reinforce the way things have been trending with him. He's been to Penn State, I mean, pretty much about as any 2024 recruit on the board. He's visited a ton. And getting that, you know, extended official visit experience in June, that's going to be positive for him. And I, I think uh, I think the staff feels pretty good about where they're at with Harvey. And then with Williams, another edge rusher Penn State feels pretty good about, offered him in January, you know, in-state guy from when senior Bonner, he, his stock has been on the rise pretty much ever since that offer rolled in. He's a composite four-star prospect now. And Notre Dame has kind of come on a little bit with Williams. He got out there for a visit, went really, really well. His high school coach likes likes Notre Dame. So fighting Irish are definitely going to be a factor with him. He's going to be back there for an official visit in June. 
June 9th is going to be Williams Penn State official visit. You know, that's shaping up to be the big official visit weekend for Penn State that month. He's going to be part of it and he's going to be feeling like a priority while he's on campus because the staff would love to get him on board and lock that one down. And just going back to Harvey real quick from the same high school in Maryland that, that produced Chop Robinson, who's uh, set to be a starter at, at the position for Penn State here in 2023. Um, so, Tyler, when we look at this Penn State defensive line class, uh, how expect how big are we expecting in terms of volume? Because there's a long way to go uh, for them to get where we're even talking about. Oh, they're rooming the in. But these things can happen fast. You can see these classes kind of blow up. Are you anticipating a, a very large defensive line class or a, a generally average defensive line class? Where are you at there? More on the large side than the small side. I think this is going to be a bigger class for Penn State in general. So I think you're going to see some higher numbers on the defensive line. And it just comes back to a general desire and emphasis on adding depth and beefing up on the defensive line, whether it be getting guys who can come off the edge or, you know, size on the interior. This is something that has been a pretty big emphasis for James Franklin, whether it be in the transfer portal or through high school recruiting. This is something that he wants to accomplish. He wants to have a boatload of defensive linemen who could contribute and help and just make sure, you know, in the event of injuries, you've got enough guys who can not only take the field, but take the field and produce at a high level. So I, I think uh, I think Deion Barge is going to be looking to add a higher number rather than a lower number this cycle. Let's cap things off on the podcast. Some quarterback talk, a new offer out in the 2024 cycle. It's It's been a really interesting kind of uh, portion of this cycle to keep your finger on the pulse of the last month or so, the quarterback spot, Tyler. And, uh, where are, are things trending? Whenever you see new offers go out, you're wondering, well, what does that mean about the established targets? And, and it, you know, you're kind of trying to balance those two frame of thoughts. Yeah, and new offers are going out, and that has prompted a lot of questions about, oh, well, what about Michael Van Buren, the four-star from St. Francis Academy down in Baltimore? And, yeah, Penn State's still plenty involved there. His official visit for June is still lined up ahead of his anticipated July decision. It's just that he's trending heavily towards Oregon at this point. And, you know, Penn State has a feel for that recruitment and where it stands. I mean, Maryland at this point with the Van Buren is hanging on for dear life. This is really an Oregon and Penn State race with him. So you're seeing these new offers to other quarterbacks go out and, you know, look, I mean, the staff has to keep recruiting other guys. They need to keep the board open. They're going to continue to make evaluations. Mike Yurchis has been all over the place watching guys throw this month alone. I mean, they offer Tyler Cherry out of center Grove in Indiana yesterday. And the thing to know with Cherry is if you're playing quarterback at center Grove, odds are you're a division one prospect in some regard, whether it be a power five group of five or FCS guy. And Cherry has shown that he is a legit power five prospect. You know, he's he's a little bit on the skinnier side right now, 6'5", 205. There's a lot of room for growth there. I mean, the tape is pretty impressive. Center Grove plays really good competition. So there's no doubt that he could get the job done against, you know, guys who are going to go play at the next level and play for Power 5 programs. He's shown that on his tape. So the board is ever-evolving. I mean, we talked about a few other names earlier this week, Ethan Gronkmeyer, you know, Cutter Bowley, the idea of him potentially becoming part of the 2024 class. Miles O'Neill, who doesn't have an offer, but has been a pretty big talking point on our board for months now. So there are a lot of new names. Trevor Jackson from Florida added an offer recently. So it's an evolving board. It's um, a lot of ongoing evaluations. I think Penn State's trying to find its guy, man. They, they really love Ethan Grunkmeyer. I'll say that. They're excited to get him on campus on Friday. 
you got a good look at him before he makes it back for the uh, Elite 11 Regional and State College. He's supposed to throw there. I'm looking forward to that myself. You know, you see the tape. It's pretty intriguing. It looks like he's got a pretty good arm. I, I'm looking forward to getting to see that with my own eyes. So while the board is open and there's still a lot of forming, the names on the board are high-quality passers who better chance than not that they're going to be able to succeed in the Big Ten in some regard. Yeah, one of those things that make you say, hmm, I wonder what that's going to lead to maybe it was the fact that you mentioned that Grunkmeyer going back to back weekends here in Happy Valley. That's the plan. I mean, he's got the Elite 11 camp coming up on the 21st that, that he's lined up for. And then this weekend, visit with Penn State. That, that's the outlook? It's Yeah, right now that's the outlook. That's what we've been hearing for a little bit. And it seems like that plan is still in place. With Grunkmeyer, the one thing you know that is important to know is Clemson is doing its due diligence there, and there's been more interest from the Tigers, and I think an offer there would make things pretty interesting. I think it would turn it into a true Penn State-Clemson battle down the stretch. And it is um, it, it is eye-opening or telling that he is planning on making these multiple Penn State visits because he has said that he's looking to wrap things up. At least that's the word, that he's looking to wrap things up, you know, maybe possibly before official visit season in June. So... If he does indeed make those two trips as we're anticipating, you know, it, I think it leaves Penn State in a pretty good spot to close on a guy that the staff has really grown to like. He's right up there on the 2024 board. Uh, we'll find out more about this quarterback class, uh, a lot more hopefully on Sunday, the 21st of May, uh, when the Elite 11 regional camp circuit rolls here into Happy Valley. We'll have a chance to, to check out some of these quarterbacks uh, live and in person and, and, and get some good evaluation in there get some interviews done hopefully as well. And just quickly, Ethan Grunkmeyer, uh, number 34 ranked quarterback in the 2024 cycle right now for 24-7 sports. Stay tuned as he continues to be evaluated, showing up to some of these camps, certainly seeing the, the budding Power 5 interest for this prospect. Tyler Terry, who, as you just referenced, picked up that offer on Wednesday out of Center Grove High School in Indiana, also a three-star prospect. And uh, I, 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 this is a time of year where you're starting to look around and, and, and the guys you see as three stars in May – Recheck those rankings in August and September, because yep. uh, because yeah, this uh, quarterback uh, evaluation period is, is is underway and it's it's a, a big big impact kind of a period. So uh, some names to know there, uh, and and there'll be some more potentially. Tyler, appreciate you breaking it down for us. Uh, we've got a lot to look forward to at lines247.com with these new enrollments. Uh, we've got some visits happening. We got the Elite Eleven coming up. So appreciate all your coverage and, and the conversation here at Lines Twenty Four Seven Podcast. Yep, a lot more to come, man. Thanks for having me back on. All right, good stuff from Tyler Calvaro and from Dakari Nelson before him, the incoming Penn State safety. That's going to do it for this edition of the Lions 24-7 podcast. We're back next week with a couple more episodes. We'll have Daniel Gallen back from his well-deserved vacation. We'll start to break things down a bit as this roster comes together. We'll look ahead towards that Elite 11 uh, event coming here to Penn State. Uh, and just a lot to dive into as may, may not be uh, a lot of action on the field, but we've got a lot of things to learn and, and, and to discuss and debate about this 2023 Nittany football. Some storylines starting to pop up as we turn our attention toward preseason camp in the later stages of the summer. For now, stepping aside, heading back to work at lines47.com. I'm Tyler Donahue. Thanks again to our guests. And thanks to our listeners for tuning into the podcast. We'll talk soon.